This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Harrison Painter. Welcome. This is Douglas Carr with another in MarTech Interviews. And sitting across from me, I well, the first thing I should say is we might hear some background noise, and that's because we are in the this sounds good. The Influencer Lounge <laughs> at Dell EMC World. Yep. And we are sitting here with Amy Heiss. Amy is in charge, and this must be a daunting task. Amy is in charge of employee advocacy at Dell. And uh, for people that are listening that um, you're probably ignorant like I was, um, Dell is a lot more than just a laptop company. Uh, Dell Technologies has a family of companies from you know, Pivotal Labs, which is the most recent, which is software development, to RSA, which is security, um, EMC, which is storage, Dell, of course, with servers. Am I missing some? I know I'm missing someone. There's like seven, right? Yeah, well, there's um, <laughs> VMware. VMware, of course. How can I forget VMware? SecureWorks, did you say SecureWorks? Yeah, SecureWorks, yeah. you know. So, so Nice family brand. It, yeah, and, and uh, what I'm learning at the event is basically... You know, Dell Technologies is just this incredible family. Each of the companies work independently to a large extent, but then there's folks like you and there's this core to it that you work across the functions to get everything moving. And I, I, I just think that that's fascinating because you're, you're working with different cultures, different geographies, different products, and and trying to push everybody in the same direction. All right, how do you yes. sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Very well, because we have an amazing team of people that, that, that help. Um, we primarily focus on Dell and Dell EMC, although we do partner with our other yeah. you know, sister companies quite a bit, but my team's focus is on the 140,000 or so employees at Dell and Dell EMC. <laughs> oh. And there are six of us who, who oh work on that. Oh, my six amazing amazing people I so mean, listen to that six so for you marketers out there that are saying oh i'm understaffed and overworked six employees working to get the word out with 140,000 employees globally yes globally is the is another nice ring to it because we do um you know work around the globe uh with team members who are stationed in all of our areas across the world and our job is really to activate them in their own areas, not only globally, but also their areas of expertise um, in social, wherever that takes them, whichever platform they're comfortable on, where their audience might be. And so a lot of the work that we do with employees is first identifying, you know, where's your audience? Yeah. And then second, how does your audience talk? I love it. And, and you, started, you started with Dell. Well, I, we should go back before Dell. So you had told me before what your degree was in. Oh yes, uh, learning and development. So from the uh, University of Texas, Huckham Horns. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's fascinating. And then, and then you started at Dell. You were in the, on the social monitoring team. When I started at Dell, I was in learning and development 14 years ago. It's been a long, long time. But seven years ago, I started on the um, social media command center team. So when we built the command center in 2010, we were yeah. the first tech company. The only other company that had a command center before us was Pepsi, I think, or Gatorade. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
And so we started the Listening Command Center to kind of hear conversations that were happening about um, Dell, you know, because at that time I was in the learning and development group and we were training our team members that, listen, if somebody um, has a bad experience with us, they're going to tell 20 people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was 2009. And I said, that's not 20 people anymore. I mean, I have a Facebook account and I see people who post bad experiences and they have 600 friends, a thousand friends that may potentially see that. Yeah. And so uh, I had a really cool boss at the time, Michelle Brigman, who said, we need to find a way to tell executives about this social media thing and what the impact is to our customer experience. And so I created a game I'm afraid to say on your podcast because it's probably a copyright violation, but I used the board game Sorry, and I created Sorry Customer Experience. And I just used the Google machine to find out when people were talking about Dell online. Yeah. And at that time, in 2009, they were talking on uh, forums and communities or their own blogs. Everything like Twitter and YouTube, They were that was still really early. And there were early adopters for sure. But... I was able to find experiences that people were sharing on websites and blogs. And then I took those experiences and said, okay, how many comments did this receive? How many views did it get? I reached out to the writer and asked them for some metrics that they had around it. Yeah. And then I put them on little cards. So then we set up the sorry board game. And instead of the card that you flip in the game that says move forward three spaces, it said John for Lakers, that's his handle in California, um, tried to cancel an order for a monitor at one in the morning that he had placed at midnight, so one hour later, and was instead told he had to reject shipment of the monitor and then wait 30 days for a return so that yeah. he could then, which is a terrible experience. Yeah. Yeah. And John for Lakers had 100,000 views of that blog post. He was a YouTube unboxer at the time, so he had a built-in audience and moved back three spaces. Ah, <laughs> and so nice. they were moving along the board. And, and then the second or third question, an executive raised his hand, and he said, are these real scenarios? And we said, yep. And by the fifth question, the senior executive in the room was pacing the floor. Wow. And then at the end of the game, we had John for Lakers call in <gasps> and talk to them about what the process was like and how ridiculous it was that he had to, you know, in a one hour time, yeah. that it was too late to, to cancel. And it wasn't even that he was canceling. It was that he wanted to change the monitor size. It was just oh, a switch wow. out. Yeah. But it was lots of situations like yeah. that. I, I use that example, but there were lots of them. And there were good examples too. But, you know, the point was to kind of say, 100,000 people read this blog or, right. you know, how many people shared. And then from that came the Listening Command Center. It came the need of a light bulb went off that, hey, we should probably listen in social media yeah. for people who are batting, having bad experiences. And then we should filter that information to operations or the Marcom team or the product group or whichever group would be impacted by that. So that's where I started in social and it's a pretty exciting place to be. That's great. I, I mean, customer, you know, some of these companies spend millions of dollars on that research and you just built a system to get all the research that you needed, yeah. right? It, yes, and it came right to our lap and it was also a really good... Um, monitor of what people are saying you know we were doing these focus groups with with customers focus groups on the campaigns that we we're putting out or on the products and, and letting people test but what we found and that would take weeks as you know yeah you know, to get the people and bring them in and to give them product and get the feedback in social we were able to get that feedback within a matter of hours yeah. and in the beginning 
um, they didn't trust necessarily that and we continued to do focus groups in a traditional way which made sense but what we started to see is the results were always the same except we got them much faster and obviously cheaper through the listening data wow and so after a while it became more and more clear to our leaders that the listening data was going to give them a really quick insight. And we were able to do things like uh, we found a pricing error on a product launch. Within less than 24 hours, we're able to identify the error, fix the error, and message it out to people so that the sentiment around the product launch increased instead of decreased. Things that would have taken weeks or months before, right. late, you know, had we not had listening. And reaction time nowadays is the death of companies, right? Right. If, if they don't respond quickly, that's when it does accelerate in growth and girth, you know, around the internet. And so. people expect it. Yeah. And, and, you know, in 2010, people didn't expect it. So what we were doing was sort of a surprise and delight. You know, people really liked it. And it caught on. Obviously, other yeah. industries picked up on it. Our competitors picked up on it. They started doing it. Everyone does listening now. I mean, you really can't have a the, business. The uh, Indianapolis Super Bowl, I was there, and they had oh, a listening yeah, center. Yeah, that's right. So, Everyone yeah, has a yeah. listening center, which is great if you're a customer, because right. now you know. But what the next thing a company needs to do is engage with their customers. So you listen, and then you also move along that to engaging. So I hear you talking, and I want to acknowledge that I hear you talking. I want to engage with you. I want to create this relationship with an individual Adele and not just this company. Right. So what we then saw was when we started to activate our employees into social around the 2010, 2011 timeframe is a 20% decline in negative commentary about our products and services wow. within the first couple of months, like boom, because they stopped seeing us as a corporation. A yeah. And yeah. started to see us as individuals at Dell. In fact, we decided to have handles that were Amy at Dell. Uh, I'm Amy H. at Dell because there's already an Amy at Dell. But, um, it, you know, so it's it's Doug at Dell yeah. instead of, you know, Dell. Yeah. And now you know you're talking to somebody who works for Dell and you've got an insight in the company. And the other thing that we did, and Liz Bullock and Amy Tennyson started the program, and they were really smart in this factor. We created this Dell Cares team that handles customer experience online, and we made it clear to our employees that it's not their responsibility to fix somebody's hard drive. A marketer doesn't necessarily know how to fix a hard drive, right. but this Dell Cares team, they do. And so part of our really early messaging to employees is we want you in social we're going to make it easy for you and we've created this team that will solve tech support and customer care problems so you don't have to i love it so you you basically empowered because that's I, I i think it was um and and I'll, maybe i'll get in trouble for this but comcast when they did the comcast cares they had this big blowout and they did an incredible job they responded to everybody but they couldn't fix the problem right and and so they wound up folding it, you know, the whole thing. They folded it, and it was just a disaster. And it was because the employees didn't have the resources or or the, or the even the, uh, you know, Dell Cares. Obviously, they had all of the talent, and they had the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. They, they, well, they could were do empowered. The work. They were empowered. Thank you. That yes. was the word that I was looking for. So they were empowered to get it done. That's 20%. That's incredible. It That's was, incredible. It was That's, good. I mean, that... I, I, ugh, I'm, I'm going to look, it's a podcast and I can't even speak. <laughs> now let's, let's, let's fast forward. So this is pretty cool. I mean, for people listening, just your experience, like, so you went from learning and development, then listening. So you really had your handle on 
what your customers were looking, saying, doing, you know, and then you understood internally how to develop, you know, people for this. Now you jump into employee advocacy with 140,000 global. <laughs> and I think it's even unique, your approach to that. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, your responsibilities there as you develop your team, you know, or develop all the employees with, with social advocacy? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing we want employees to know are the rules um, of Social Adele. And we don't have many, uh, intentionally. We kept our social media policy short because we wanted to convey the message to employees that we wanted them to get active. And a short social media policy that's easy to read and remember uh, signals that uh, we're not trying to play gotcha. Yeah. Um, so it's five things. We, they can put it on their badges. Uh, we give them badge cards, in fact, when they take our training. Oh, that, nice. That say the social media policy. So protect customer information and, and Dell information. So it's just protect information, be transparent, be responsible, follow the law, and be human. Those are the five. Nice. Yeah. And um, and then the training goes into what does it mean to be responsible? Uh, what does it mean to follow the law? So we talk about the FTC guidelines around disclosing that you work for Dell when you talk about our products or services. Uh, what does it mean to be human? Why are you telling me to be human? I right. wake up human every day. Um, but sometimes in social, people forget that it's, it's a communication platform just like you and I are speaking face-to-face -face right now. Right. The rules are the same. You have to engage politely. You have to acknowledge that it's a conversation. It's not yeah. a megaphone. It shouldn't be a megaphone. Yeah. Although, I mean, we, we see that people use it as that. Um, I won't name names, but maybe I'll name a number. <laughs> um, anywho, um, we talked to our employees about, um, you know, being human means that you're making connections with customers to um, deepen the relationship, to offer advice, to help them through a problem, um, but also just to let them see that it's a bunch of people at Dell who um, have their best interests at heart. We nice. really care. Yeah. Now, now, uh, what's the feedback loop for your employees? Because obviously 140,000, you have some that violate some of the rules of the road. But so how, we, do you, how do you kind of govern, you know, that, that volume of... of I'm, the word isn't noise, but it's loud, right? It's a lot of people talking, <laughs> yeah. for sure. So we have fun with acronyms. Um, Smack U is the name of my program. It stands for <laughs> Social Media and Community University. Smack U. Anybody at Dell can get smacked, as we like to say. Um, and the other acronym that we have is a NARC form, which stands for Non-Compliance Something Something. We just call it NARC. And so if an employee sees another employee in social who's not following the rules, they can submit a form to the governance team and, they, and then we can look into it. We see a lot of um, self-policing with our employees. We don't have to do a lot of that because they recognize that having access to social at work, having access to customer data that is coming through publicly through social and the ability to engage and respond and build relationships is important to their business yeah. and it's important to their personal brand. So whenever employees see somebody who's going off the trail a little bit on the rules, they tend to reach out and say, hey, I noticed this post and it might be in violation of our policy. You may want to look at it. Nice. We don't have to do a ton of that because our employees do it for us, which is great. But there are instances where uh, we have employees who may, you know, 
violate a rule and, and there's a coaching process in place for that. Um, and depending on the level of severity, HR may get involved. But yeah. I can count on one hand the number of times that's happened in, in the seven years I've been working in the program. So, well, And something you pinpointed there that I thought was really important and, and maybe eye-opening is that you're actually helping your employees push their personal brand as well. And I think um, there's a lot of fear from companies that, you know, if I make an employee a star, then somebody's going to steal them, you know. But you guys take the approach instead of, no, we're going we're gonna to try to make everybody a star and help them along the way. Um, that's pretty fascinating in, in, a, in a company, one, the size and, and in a competitive landscape that you're in. Well, I don't think it should be any secret that Dell has a lot of really smart people who are yeah. industry leading in their areas of expertise and who are, you know, thought leaders and who are changing the world with the work that they're doing. Uh, we're not going to hide that. And so if you Google a certain term related to any product or service that we offer, our hope is that a Dell employee's content shows up in that. And if we're treating our, cust- our employees well, and if we're creating opportunities and experiences for our employees, then they're not going to leave us, you know, all the time. Now, that's not to say that employees don't leave because yeah. they, you know, are seen in social. And that happens, of course. Um, but I think the upside of having employees who are out there and showing really the great work that Dell's doing, which, by the way, the overlap between people who are following our branded accounts and people who follow our employee accounts is less than 10%. Wow. And so... We're, we would really be stifling our brand if we didn't get employees activated to go you know, grow networks. You might see content from me that you would, wouldn't have seen if you were on the at Dell EMC handle right. on Twitter or something. Right. Um, and so not only is the overlap so small, but also the engagement that our employees get is eight times that of the brand. So why wouldn't we have our employees out there sharing? I mean, because people want to share with, they want to engage in content with humans. Right. And even though there's some pretty great humans behind our branded accounts, um, they, you know, they see it as a branded account. And you never know, a savvy social media user doesn't know if that's a paid piece of content, if that's organic content, but they know when an employee is posting that that's coming from them. It's their perspective. And for us, we encourage our employees to build their personal brands. We do a lot of workshops on what a good LinkedIn profile looks like. Awesome. um, How to share content on LinkedIn. Even what time of day, what day of the week is good for sharing content. We get really specific with our team members so that they can make the best use of of their time. Wow. That's incredible. Now, um, let's shift gears a little bit because I'm a techie guy. Um, What kind of tools are you utilizing for your advocacy? Well, so we have the training program, SmackU, and it's about a four-hour training course that people can come to in person or we have e-learning online for them to take. And then we also have a scorecard that we keep um, that we built internally that tells us how our employees are doing. And it measures a number of things, like their earned media value. So we can report back to leadership and say, you know, the posts that our employees are making, we would have spent this much money in marketing wow. to get that nice. exposure. So it's good, you know, to kind of report that back in terms of numbers. And Dell's a big number company. So yeah. um, we look at cloud scores, too. We look at whether they're... Um, uh, uh, audience has grown or shrunk month over month and employees can access this in the cloud so they can go to their manager and say look at the contribution I've made even if they're in finance you know even if they're in uh, an internally facing team that serves uh, teams that then serve customers but 
we also provided our team members a platform to help them curate content and schedule. And we use everyone's social for that. And we've used it for about four years and have about 2,500 regularly active users and about 10,000 uh, users that look at it on a weekly basis. Nice. Um, so what we love about everyone's social, not to be a commercial, but yeah. What, yeah. let me tell you what we love about the tool. <laughs> We want our employees to share 80% of content to be not transactional, not okay. about Dell. Yep. It's not all about us. 80% should not be about us. Right. So if you're an expert in cloud, certainly in that 80%, you can share what's going on with cloud, news about cloud. But you could also share what's going on in your personal life. Where are you right now? What's going on? Um, what what pop, cul pop culture issues are you engaging in sure. or sports? All humanizing. All humanizing, yeah. 80%. And everyone's social allows for these personal feeds that will pull in content that's relevant to that 80% for our employees. And it allows us to curate the 20% that we want them to share about the brand. So nice. my team can enter in content, you know, hey, Dell EMC World is happening, or hey, this product launch is happening, or whatever, and that will be in a company stream. But then your everyone's social would look different than mine because right. your personal interests are different. So our employees can post about sensory gardens or yeah. whatever football team they love. Yeah. Um, and they can curate that content and they can schedule it, which is both a time saver and it overcomes the objection that we hear from employees of, I don't know what to say, I don't want to get in trouble for saying something. Right. So everything right. that's coming in for them is good for their audience that they've built, their own personal yep. brand, and also they know that they're safe sharing it. That's great. Um, and then last question, because as you went through some of the numbers, what about the employee that just does, they're not the type of person to be on social, they're just not that, are they in trouble? No. <laughs> That's a good question. No. So there's not an expectation. I mean, there's, 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 it sounds like there's definitely an internal gratitude for the employees that are participating and maybe even rewarded, but there's not an expectation that everybody has to do X. That's right. In fact, um, I don't want everybody in social if they don't want to be in it because I think the most dangerous person in social is the one being forced to be there against their will. They're probably the ones that will make the biggest mistakes. They're probably the ones that would violate the FTC policy yeah. around disclosure because they don't care um, and they're being forced to post and they're just checking a box. So our program is completely voluntary and we've certified, we, we have about 16,000 certified team members now who've gone through our wow. training and who can speak on behalf of the brand in, in social. Yeah. Um, and um, we do reward them. We have programs where we bring in guest speakers. So once you're, once you're SMAC certified, you're sort of part of this club, and the, the membership has its benefits. So not only do we have great guest speakers that come in from Facebook or LinkedIn, the platforms to tell them how to reach the better audience, and it's good for them personally and for our brand, but also we have events. Uh, we, we do um, employee movie days where we show a socially relevant movie, and then we talk about some of the issues that we saw in the movie and how we can avoid getting into trouble um, nice. in those areas. Uh, we do what we call an unconference for employees uh, where we have great speakers, and um, we send love notes at Valentine's Day. <laughs> Um, roses are red, violets are blue. No, let me think. You make. I know that the end is you make me so happy. Oh, roses are red, chocolate is sweet. You make me so happy when you send out those tweets. You know, just silly, just silly. Um, but they like that. You yeah. know, they like getting those notes from us. And um, and 
uh, they like access to everyone social, which is a tool that we provide for them. My team funds it so that uh, employees can have it for free, but only if they've gone through our training program because we want to make sure they know the rules first. And, um, And it keeps everybody in check, but also it really makes people feel comfortable We looked at a Harvard study that showed um, kids on a playground. And when you didn't tell them where the boundaries were, they pretty much stuck to the middle because they were unsure of where to go and they didn't want to get in trouble. But when you told them where the fence was and where they could go, they tended to go all throughout the playground. Oh, interesting. And so rules aren't meant to stop people from using social or to make it harder or to gatekeep knowledge or information. Rules are there to make them feel more comfortable that what they're doing is the right thing and they're not going to be in trouble and they can go off and and build their own brands and also help Dell's brand in the process. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm so glad um, you were highly recommended by Mark Schaefer. So. <laughs> I love Mark Schaefer. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you took the time. I know that you're busy at this <laughs> at this event. But uh, thank you so much, Amy, for joining us. And, and I hope everybody listening really cued into some of those metrics there because it's, it's employee advocacy truly, I, I believe, is one of those most powerful weapons that a lot of companies just aren't deploying. So thank you. Thank you. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.